What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Lakers Outsiders podcast brought to you by UCAS Studios. I'm your host, Gary Kester, here with you as always. And joining me, as always, is Hani Amadi. And Hani, I said after the last game, during the last pod, that if we lost this game, I was going to replace you with Jacob. I didn't even think about that until right now, and I'm a little disappointed in myself. So I'm going to go ahead and blame the, lo- the loss tonight on you, and I'm going to need just some, some better energy and better uh, a better performance from you in, in this pod. I'm I'm so annoyed that if you want to kick me off right now, I'll leave and you can bring Jacob. I won't mind. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a quick break. I'm gonna go grab Jacob. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll leave a few seconds early, just like LeBron. <laughs> the funny thing about that is, like, there's seven tenths of a second, and the Lakers are just trying to like inbound the ball because the game's over, and the refs are like, "Nope, nope, got to get five out here." I'm like. But you guys didn't. It's like Scott Foster's crew just like they can't get enough of the spotlight, <laughs> even with seven tenths of a second left. All I'm gonna say is Skip Bayless is gonna have himself a field day tomorrow. Hey, you know what this means? This under or <laughs> I just gave it away. This <laughs> loss, the underdog Lakers are back. Everybody say exactly. the Lakers are in trouble. You got Tyler Hero snarling, and you got Jimmy Butler talking trash to LeBron. Underdog Lakers are back, and I don't care what anybody says. I mean, everybody's saying now the Lakers are in trouble. Miami basically won the championship tonight with their Game 3 win, and uh, this fits my narrative. So I'm glad that the Lake, the underdog Lakers are fully back, and uh, we can really ride this thing out. Yeah, exactly. I, I couldn't agree more. We are looking at a plucky upstart team that's really overachieved to be here in the first place. Um, and they're they're really going to have to dig down and find it within themselves to to try and get two more wins against this juggernaut Miami Heat team. <laughs> hey, it's going to be difficult, but we believe. We believe. So, <laughs> all right, we are doing this live as always, guys, on Twitch.tv slash Lakers Outsiders. Uh, you can so if you want to join us in the chat, uh, be sure to follow us on Twitch. Uh, and now, if you want to support. Lakers outsiders in general, and you want to want us to provide uh, this this type of content more consistently. Uh, you can actually subscribe to us on Twitch now. We've become a Twitch affiliate. Um, so if you want uh, to support the channel and support the the site and everybody that that puts a lot of time, energy, and effort um, into the site, you can subscribe to us on Twitch. Uh, it's I believe it's five bucks a month um, is, is the cheapest tier, and we would great, greatly greatly appreciate it. But uh, if you want to follow us as well, that's that's also appreciated. You can subscribe to us on YouTube as well, and you can like us on Facebook. Um, and we'll be live streaming on on all three of those platforms after these games. Uh, we've got at least two more now. We thought we might only have two more going into tonight, but we've got at least two more. Uh, we'll have to see how the rest of the series shakes out. But, um, yeah, let's dive into this game. Honey, kind of reminded me of game three of the Western Conference Finals, right? The Lakers go up 2-0 in that series. Real great, a really great opportunity to just really bury a team and put them down 3-0, put them against, you know, put them up on the ropes and, the Lakers just came out very lethargic and really sloppy and never seemed to really overcome a, the the slow start that we saw in the first quarter. Yeah, that's exactly what it was, really. Um, it was just such a sloppy effort, really on both ends of the floor, sloppy offensively in terms of the turnovers. That I believe 10 turnovers in the first quarter, which was more than they had in all of game two. Um, and then defensively, the, the loss of focus, uh, losing shooters, being late to rotations, um, silly, just really silly mistakes and silly fouls, and and that all really accumulated throughout the game. Um, that all led to Anthony Davis being in foul trouble for 
the better part of you know three quarters of the uh, of this game and really never finding himself in, in, a, in a rhythm to help his team out um and, and guys like kcp and danny green never really getting in a rhythm offensively or defensively i don't think either of them were really great on either end of the floor um this is it, what what it kind of felt like was also game two of this series where they basically said oh we don't need to play defense so we'll just outscore this other team and it worked but for a team that's uh really prided itself on on its defense all year um so that that's the side of the uh the court that we win games on and it's really been true um it, it doesn't really make sense that now this is two straight games that they've come out and really played pretty god-awful defense for for the majority of it and and tried to outscore this other team and tonight the shots didn't fall as as much as they did in the last game lebron and ad didn't have the, the type of performances that they had in game two and this is the result you just it's it's really hard to come back from big deficits against a really really good team uh in the nba finals no matter how many guys that they're missing uh out of their top players it's just really difficult to do that yeah the lakers lost every quarter in this game it's pretty crazy to say because they did have moments where it seemed like they kind of flipped the switch a little bit but i mean this is the second straight game that we've seen danny green shoot poorly oh of six he missed all four of his threes kcp was one of five uh made one of three from from the three-point line but he was just getting picked on in this game by by jimmy butler and it was at a point where I, i just didn't think you could have him on the floor down the stretch of that game because he wasn't giving you anything on offense and he was just they they were getting that switch and and he's just not big enough to guard you know these these bigger wings and and stronger guys like like a Jimmy Butler and Butler was just going going to the basket and going to the free throw line a lot shot 14 free throws in this game but he was 14 of 20 it was very this game or this performance i think was his best of the playoffs but it was very reminiscent of game 1 against Milwaukee where he just absolutely shredded them and they had no answer for him lakers looked like they just had no answer for him in this game and he flat out willed Miami to a win. And that's not to say take away from their other guys because they did have some other guys step up and make plays. I actually thought Olenek played pretty well in this game. I I, I was kind of hard on him, I think, in uh, the first two games. But uh, he, he played pretty well tonight. Hero was 6 of 18, but he made some big shots when it, when it mattered. Duncan Robinson, I thought, was on pace to shoot about 50 times in this game. <laughs> based off the first quarter uh but he did get three threes to go and started to see the ball go through the net he was actually a plus 27 tonight um however those of you that value single game plus minus i only do when it favors alex caruso but (laughs) (laughs) but i mean credit to miami man credit to miami as frustrating as it was to to see the lakers come out flat in a game that they could have absolutely buried this team put them on the brink of elimination and been one win away from an NBA championship. Now it's a series. Now it's a series. And I still think the Lakers are fine to anybody that's like freaking out about this and hitting the panic button or whatever, or starting petitions that certain players on the team shouldn't get a ring if they win titles. Y'all need to relax. Everybody that just- is genuinely the most pathetic thing I've ever seen. I, I, I was so annoyed on all accounts. I'm annoyed at whoever the hell thought that's really funny to make that sort of petition. Uh, the people that thought it was funny that somebody else made this petition annoyed at the national media outlets that are writing stories about this. Like it's something that needs attention annoyed that media members are asking Kyle Kuzma about this after a finals loss. 
it's just so so fucking dumb and i'm sorry to curse already but like earmuffs it is so dumb like if you are a fan of a team that's in the nba finals how can you not just be supportive of the players no matter what you think of how they've played why would you ever say something like that especially of a player that's like been working his ass off trying to become a completely different player than what he entered the league as uh, and becoming a, a pretty consistent defender for you and trying to uh, contribute uh, in other aspects of the game when his shot's not falling. And tonight his shot was falling. He played an incredible game. He might have been, you could argue that he was their best player, at least for stretches of this game. And uh, it's just, it's utterly pathetic to me that people do this. No, I, I totally agree. When I saw that come come across my Twitter timeline, I was just, I just rolled my eyes. I was like, I'm disappointed, but not surprised, <laughs> to, to say the least. And uh, extremely frustrating that people would would do that. I don't care if it's for a joke or whatever, but, like, come on. People, be better. Just be better. Um, another frustrating part of this game, Anthony Davis was in foul trouble for pretty much the entire first half. Still played 33 minutes. Um, obviously, in a game that you're struggling, you want him to be out there a lot more. Uh, Scott Foster had other ideas, but... <laughs> I'm not. I'm not blaming the officials for tonight's loss. Uh, I just hope that this was Scott Foster's last game. I hope he can now finally leave the bubble, get him out of here, and uh, now Rockets fans can can hunt him down and and yell at him or do whatever Rockets fans want to do. But I, I, I didn't think you meant his last game of the finals. I thought you just wanted him to retire. And, I mean that that'd be great. Quits. That'd be great. But I'm I'm. I'm taking a page out of your book. We're going to set expectations a little lower. And, you know, if we're pleasantly surprised, we're pleasantly surprised. But Anthony Davis, only nine shot attempts in this game. Six of nine, 15 points, five boards, three assists, two steals. Frustrating to not have him on the court in this game. I thought his uh, his fourth foul was just, I mean, it's it's a little ticky-tack, but at the same time, he had three fouls and he just did something stupid yeah. and you just you yeah. can't, can't do that. And, you know, it's one thing if you're defending the basket or so, something like that or going for hard after a loose ball or whatever, but yeah, little things like that, just, you just can't have that. And down the stretch of this game too, uh, I thought the Lakers had an opportunity to still go win this game. I think they got within uh, five with a couple minutes, a mm-hmm. couple minutes left there. And, I was so frustrated that they were not getting him the ball because I think yeah. he, he still had four fouls. Yeah, he finished with four fouls, but they just weren't getting him the ball. And then they were settling for these long jumpers and, and Markeith Morris hit some, which he was really good today. And we'll talk about him and, and the bench in, in general here uh, in a little bit. But you got Anthony Davis on the floor, and especially with how, how small Miami plays typically. How, mm-hmm. why, how are we not getting this guy touches in crunch time? Yeah, I, it's it's tough because Miami's obviously also defending against that, and they were crowding the paint like crazy today, and that's why the Lakers shot again another forty something three pointers, uh, just like they did in Game Two. And we kind of talked about it after Game Two of like Miami's probably going to live with that. They're, they want the Lakers to shoot three pointers because it's not a great three point shooting team uh, in, in general, and, and they're going to live with that, especially when they're you know undermanned and, and under talented. They're they're going to say, all right, we'll give you the three-pointers. If you're going to hit them, then we tip our hats and, and congratulations to you on winning the finals. But there's a good chance that you're not going to hit them, and that was kind of the case today. Um, and those sort of situations obviously make it hard for, to get the ball to AD. But 
that's also not really a viable enough excuse, I think, because no matter what the defense is doing, you should be trying to get the ball into your best player's hands. Um, and, you know, Le- LeBron, I think, had a great first half. In the second half, he, he was a lot more uh, sort of complacent to me. And AD, I think, had a good game when he was on the floor. Uh, and he was really efficient. His jumper was on. And you just you have to be able to go to that well a lot more. And I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why the Lakers don't really go to that pick and roll uh, between the two of them uh, as much as I think they should. Uh, they've been able to kind of get away without using it for, for long stretches. But late in a game when you're trying to come back, why not put the ball in your two best players' hands and, and have a, uh, a two-man game between those two and just space the floor around them and, and try to get shots for those two guys? They're your best players for a reason. Yeah, it was, it was really frustrating because um, I think <clears throat> Markeith Morris hit a three to get it within five because they dumped it down to, to AD in the post. He drew a double and kicked it over to Markeith, who had a wide open three and hit it. It's like when you get yeah. the ball to, to Anthony Davis in this series, usually good things are going to happen. So, And he's going to get – I already saw it in some postgame coverage. He's getting lit up for not being aggressive enough, which kind of irritates the crap out of me because he was in foul trouble. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Like You have to be much more selective about when you're aggressive – because you're you're in foul trouble and like AD had a fairly routine play where he pumped fake and thought he could drive and got called for a charge on on Olenek, um, yeah. step, stepping over and drawing contact. So I, I don't think the criticism on him not being aggressive enough is necessarily fair in this game, um, but it's I don't know he, he's got to get more shot attempts in in some way and. Yeah. Especially down the stretch of games, uh, because I thought the Lakers just settled way too much, and that I mean it came it cost them. I think the difference was you saw with Miami, it's Jimmy Butler attacking, going to the paint, either getting to the free throw line, finishing at the rim, or kicking out to an open shooter. Meanwhile, the Lakers just did a lot of standing around, not knowing what to do, and then forcing up a jump shot late in the clock. So yeah, I as frustrating as this effort was from the Lakers, because I thought. They looked flat. They came out really flat and just didn't play well for probably 90% of this game. I didn't think they played very well. And mm-hmm. it's it's frustrating because, like we said, this was an opportunity. You're better than this team. And that's no disrespect to Miami. With their injuries and everything, the Lakers are clearly the better team. But they allowed Miami – you know, they're allowing Miami to hang around in this series. And if, if they get their guys back in, in the next game in, in whatever capacity, it, it's just at a certain point, it gets a little dangerous to allow the underdog. I mean, the Lakers, the underdog, but <laughs> suppose that underdog Miami Heat to believe that they can beat you, especially with a guy like Jimmy Butler, who has proven these last couple games to be quite a matchup problem for these Lakers. Yeah. You've just you've uh, and this is going back into game two and really maybe even the end of game one. You've really just let them get their confidence and get their get into their rhythm. And, you know, Jimmy's just gotten better as the series has gone on. Uh, Duncan Robinson has gotten better as the series has gone on. Tyler Hero, I think, has gotten better as the series has gone on. These guys are just building confidence. And um, once they get into that rhythm, they're way too talented of a team, way too talented of players uh, to expect them to just continuously have poor games. They're really, really good. And, you know, Dragic and Adebayo not playing is huge for them, obviously. But they're, they're, the reason that a lot of people considered them an actual threat to the Lakers in the finals 
was because they're really deep. And even without those guys, they're still a pretty deep team. They have talented players all the way down. Kelly Olenek wasn't really playing a whole lot. And like you said, he had a really great game today. He's, he's kind of torched the Lakers at times. Um, you can't, you can't just like not take these dudes seriously. And it's, it is disappointing from a Lakers team that, you know, keeps <laughs> channeling this, this jobs, not finished energy and whatnot. Um, and for the most part, they've been good about it. Obviously, we're kind of nitpicking a team that has lost only one guy game in every series that they played so far. But it is also kind of frustrating to see them try to coast through these games. As a team that's still that hasn't proven itself with the championship yet. It's not like the Warriors after they've won two straight that are now like, well, who cares? We're gonna we're gonna not play for three quarters and then turn it on. Lakers haven't won anything yet. Like you got to win that title before you get that credit and, and get the benefit of the doubt that you're going to be able to just flip the switch uh, whenever you want. Yeah, no, it's it's been a thing with this team all year. And that's, I think, what's most frustrating is like when we see this team play their best basketball, they're locked in defensively, they're engaged, they're they're playing hard. I don't think that they can be beat. I don't think when this team brings their A-plus game, they will not be beat, especially by an undermanned Heat team. Um, and just to see, I mean, real opportunity to take firm control of this series and, and potentially break Miami's will by putting them down three games to nothing. And just, they come out like that. I mean, 10, I think it was 10 turnovers in the first quarter, which was the most in a quarter they had all season long. That like, I think the first nine or 10 minutes of that quarter was the worst basketball they've played all year long. And For me, the frustration really isn't necessarily with the loss. It's more so that this is game three of the NBA Finals. You're two wins away. Like, you have a chance to deliver basically a knockout punch tonight, and your focus just isn't really there. Like, as great as this team has been and as much of a joy as they've been, especially this has been a relatively low-stress playoff run. I mean, they're 14-4 and now in the playoffs. It's still frustrating for me to see this team – be clearly better than their opponent and just have a game in the playoffs pretty much every series where they just totally lose focus and they just seem totally totally disinterested and that's yeah. what it felt like tonight it just felt like they're like they understood that eh, if we lose this game big deal whatever we'll just go win the next two and it's like at a certain point i mean it may not come back back to bite this team i still think the lakers are fine i picked the lakers in five and I'm, i still believe they'll win in five but at a certain point, something like that can come back to bite you. I think we kind of saw it with the Clippers uh, against the Nuggets when they blew a 3-1 lead to, to Denver in that series. It's important to, to remind people. People, people that, forget that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that you, I mean, you play with fire enough, eventually you get burned. And yeah. now, like I said, I don't know if that necessarily happens in this series, but you don't want to keep trying until you find out the hard way. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say, though, it is – uh, the level of arrogance that this Lakers team has, despite not ever winning a championship with this core and a bunch of dudes that have never even been in the finals or some of them haven't even been in the playoffs, it is very amusing. <laughs> I will say that. It's kind of fun watching. I mean, it sucks today because they lost, but it's kind of fun watching a team that has so much, uh, I guess, confidence in itself that it can flip a switch and, and just demolish teams. And you know what? Sometimes it's worked, but against this team, I don't think that's really going to work very consistently. Yeah, no. I mean, you got to. We've we've said a number of times. I think 
I've said it. You've said it. Jacob said it. This Miami Heat team is here for a reason, man. They're an incredibly resilient bunch. I mean, usually when they get punched in the mouth, they usually punch back. And yeah. we saw it tonight. The Lakers had a chance to put them up you know, against the ropes, and, and they got punched back. And they just didn't respond the way that you would want them to respond. And it's, it's frustrating, but... You know, we got some bulletin board material, just like the first three series with uh, Tyler Hero snarling and Jimmy Butler kind of, you know, talking some smack to LeBron and the Lakers. And, uh, you know, hopefully history just repeats itself four four different times and we can add it to the the montage that we already have. Uh, First of all, just utter respect for Jimmy Butler in general. Like I said, after the last game, one of my favorite players in the league in in, – all sorts of manners, both as a player and just his off-court stuff. Me too. He's hilarious, too. amazing, amazing dude. Uh, and also very warranted for him to talk shit. Like, he was incredible tonight. One of the greatest finals performances of all time, like, genuinely. But Tyler Hero snarling after a layup that was basically in garbage time at that point when he shot 6 of 18 was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I mean, like, again, they they completely deserve to talk crap today because they just punked the Lakers. But if the Lakers do come back and win this finals, win the series, it's I'm just going to have so much fun about Tyler Hero, of all people, snarling at the team for one win uh, when he shot six of 18. It's it's just it's beautiful. I have the yeah. screenshot saved. So Tyler Hero, <laughs> if you're listening to this, you better win this series or you are getting lit up. My Lakers Twitter. <laughs> so I will throw the lob to my timeline and I will just let everybody just dunk all day. I'll be throwing Rondo to AD type lobs. So you better win the series or that screenshot is is going to come back to bite you. But uh, no, I mean, like I said, man, credits to Miami. They yeah. Everybody was starting to say, oh, this is going to be a sweep. It's over. And Miami came back and said, not so fast. And yeah. they they came out and they won this game. So as as much as we could harp on the Lakers' effort and them coming out just flat, lackadaisical, the, Miami won this game. Miami outplayed the yeah. Lakers. They they played harder. They out-executed them on both ends of the floor. They won this game. Credit to them. Hat tip to them. And uh, we move on to game four. But I did want to talk about the Lakers bench today because – it wasn't all negative for the Lakers, although the Lakers starters got their butts kicked in this game. Their bench was actually pretty good. Uh, you mentioned Kyle yeah. Kuzma playing pretty well and being really, really good at, at points of this game. Markeith Morris was also really good. Uh, Alex Crusoe kind of had his moments. Uh, he got to the free throw line six times, which was pretty good for him. He, you know, Offensively, you don't expect a ton out of Crusoe. You hope he makes some of his open threes and, and you know can get to the get to the bucket here and there. Um not a lot to, to really look at his game offensively. He had, I mean, eight points, like I said, did get to the line uh, six times, which is good. So like seeing some some aggressiveness there. But the, the main three off the bench were, were Rondo, Kyle Kuzma, and Markeith Morris. And especially Morris and Kuzma combined for 38 points, 19 apiece. But I also thought Rondo, even though you look at his numbers, two of eight, uh, 0 for three from the three-point line, he didn't turn into Steph Curry again in this game. But... <laughs> His energy level is is night and day than what we see, I think, in the regular season from him. Yeah. And I'm starting to just kind of think that I don't know if he'd ever admit it, but I think he just kind of saves his legs a little bit during the regular season, knowing this team is going to be a playoff team and I'm going to save myself basically for those playoffs. 
I thought his energy level when he was out there was really good and was a positive for the Lakers to go along with with Morris and Kuzma's offensive production. Yeah, and I think that's kind of been a trend uh, over the course of most of these playoffs uh, when he's played that he uh, he's been kind of the spark plug for them, not necessarily in terms of just coming off the bench and uh, getting points in bunches, although he has done that at times as well. Um, but just being the kind of guy that comes in when when the Lakers have these sort of lethargic starts um, or they're not focused as well, uh, he's the guy that comes in and kind of <laughs> surprisingly enough speeds up the game for them. Um, and that was kind of a point of frustration uh, that that we as fans had for Rondo over the course of the regular season is that sometimes he'd come in and just dribble the air out of the ball and, and the Lakers' uh, offense would just slow down completely. But in the playoffs, he's been really good at coming in and, and upping the pace, uh, you know, getting the ball after a rebound and pushing pushing the ball down the court, trying to get mismatches. And then obviously he's, he's a great passer and, and uh, a really smart basketball player and he can kind of take advantage of those mismatches. Um, but I, I think he did a great job of that again today. And it's just kind of been a, a trend that he's had all playoffs. And I think, you know, even if it's a game today where he's not scoring well or, or not really having the sort of impact um, that he had in game two, at least statistically, I think you can see, um, you know, the performances that say Kuzma or, or Morris have is, somewhat directly uh, a result of that. You know, they have a, a guy out there with them that can really push the ball and get them the ball uh, in the right spaces. And obviously it's not just him. LeBron also uh, was finding those guys at multiple points in this game. But um, it, it really helps the other guys out when, when they're kind of just getting the ball on the flow of an offense and not having to really think other than rising up and shooting. Yeah, and I, I, I just always like how – always and by always i mean in the playoffs <laughs> i like rondo's energy uh and effort level because we've seen him come flying in for you know some crazy offensive rebounds i thought i mean his effort to try and block jimmy butler's layup in this game yeah. uh he got called for a foul but i was like i like sat back in my chair was like whoa like rondo <laughs> meeting jimmy at the rim um got all ball but kind of the body contact was was the foul on that but um but yeah i mean just the way he kind of directs things, spreads the floor um, while he's got the ball in his hands and kind of knowing where guys need to be and his the, the pace that he plays at. I really like when he attacks the basket instead of just kind of settles yeah. for, for jumpers. Um, usually good things happen, I think, when he's, when he's able to get in the paint and, and, and break down the defense. But just not enough that, I mean, really anybody could do in this game. <laughs> the Lakers just didn't get it done on either end of the floor. And it's kind of... One stat that jumped out at me was 42 three-point attempts in this game. I think they shot 47 in the last game, which was an NBA Finals record, I believe. Mm-hmm. And that's only because the Rockets haven't made the finals in, in whatever, however many years. But uh, I think they would shatter that record if they ever got back. But uh, You don't have to worry about that. Yeah, <laughs> no. So I don't even know why. I'm throwing out fan fiction out here. But, <laughs> <laughs> man, the Rockets are just catching all these strays today. But 42 three-pointers, and they made 14 of them, so 33%, not good. Nine of those makes were from Morris and Kuzma. So they they got to get these guys, and like I said, Danny Green, KCP, these guys have got to start to make these wide-open threes because Miami's basically conceding those those shot attempts, and, and they're not making them. They got them. The Lakers got them from their bench guys tonight. 
yeah. I mean, heck, they only got three of the those three-point makes from their starters. AD was one of two. LeBron was one of five. KCP was one of three. Um, so the bench, credit to, credit to the Lakers bench tonight. I thought that they really brought it, uh, except for when J.R. Smith that corner three, I don't know what was going on right there. That's the funniest thing I've ever seen. He made he the took one two three. dribbles. <laughs> he made the one three and then was really feeling himself and dribbled directly to the corner to shoot a fading three pointer in the corner. Uh, the funniest thing I've ever seen in my ne- life. Never changed, Never changed, JR. But uh, yeah, no. The the bench did a really good job in this game, but the starters, man, the starters have just got to play better. I expect them to play better. You know, looking yeah. ahead to game four now. What I mean, what kind of adjustments are we looking forward to? I think really if the Lakers just have to really get back to basics on defense and, and the communication's got to be better. And just get, you got to eliminate some of these breakdowns, man. Like there's just way too yeah. many breakdowns where you're leaving shooters wide open or a guys getting an uncontested layup. Got to get back to the defense because giving up 115 points, you know, and, and points isn't really a great indicator. But when Miami shoots uh, 51%, and the last game they shot 50, 40, 90 from field yeah. goals, three points, and free throws. They shoot 51, 35, and 91 in this game. They're not gonna they're not gonna miss free throws. So gotta gotta limit the free throw attempts, but you can't let this team shoot 51% from the field. Just the defense just has has to be better and they're gonna have to find a solution for Jimmy Butler. And I think they they gotta I I don't know if it's it's helping off of either Myers Leonard or Olenek or just kind of I, the Lakers need better rim protection because Miami's really spacing them out. And mm-hmm. I think on a, some kind of adjustment in, in game number four is the Lakers got to have a second line of defense behind whoever's guarding Jimmy because Jimmy's getting by that guy and then they're either having to foul or just give up an easy bucket. So some kind of rim protection I think is, is needed and the Lakers have to figure maybe, maybe the Lakers throw it up and mix it up and go a little bit of zone on Miami, I think in, in game four a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think, more than anything, I think this has to start in their film room because I think Eric Spolstra just completely really changed the, the Heat's offensive game plan and threw out a bunch of different sets and, and play calls that the Lakers seemingly were not prepared for at all. Um, one thing that they were doing a lot of was uh, doing sort of those two guard screens for Jimmy Butler. Um, or sometimes it was one guard and Myers Leonard and Lakers had no idea how to guard that. They, no matter who it was that was defending the three players involved in that action, they had no idea whether they should be switching everything, whether somebody should be dropping, and they just got burned on that over and over and over again. Um, so that's, I think the number one thing is getting the film room. And like Marky Morris said, some people are going to get chewed out because of this because I think the defense overall was awful, but uh, certain players, and I think LeBron uh, probably had his worst defensive game maybe out of the playoffs in this game. Um you know the the focus and the attention to details to be a lot better and they have to be be better prepared for um what Miami is going to throw at them especially if if it is going through Jimmy the way it was today where you know if Dragic and Adebayo aren't going to be playing Jimmy is going to be the point of emphasis on offense and you just got to be prepared for that uh the other things where I think the Lakers were switching way too easily again just like they did against Denver and, and we were really frustrated with that uh, for stretches of that series, and that's how you get those situations where KCP is guarding Jimmy Butler, and KCP could play the greatest defense of his life against Jimmy, but he's giving up like six inches and fifty pounds on him, and it's <laughs> it's very difficult to guard that dude uh, when you have that sort of size mismatch. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's got to be a lot of just 
better energy, but also better focus and attention to detail for them to be able to really put on a good defensive performance that we haven't seen since, I guess, game one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people are probably going to think that I'm crazy and roll their eyes at this suggestion, but I, I think Danny Green has to play more than 17 minutes in this. Yeah. Because I know he's missing shots, and it's frustrating. Trust me, as, as a North Carolina fan, like I want nothing more than Danny Green to light it up for the Lakers in the finals. But you can't. And some of it was just the Lakers willingly switching, and I think they've got to figure out. It's kind of what we saw in game one where the Heat were willingly switching Hero and Robinson onto LeBron, yeah. and then LeBron was just feasting. Lakers have got to – they can't just willingly switch, I think, KCP onto to Jimmy Butler. I think you got to try and have some bigger defenders on him because when he got a smaller guy on him, like a KCP, he just went right to work, and the Lakers had no answer for it. So – I don't know if it's LeBron guarding Jimmy Butler more in this series, but I think you can at least say Danny Green, you got to be out there, you got to guard him. If we if we get Danny Green to make shots, even better. But defensively, you got to have somebody a little bit bigger and stronger on Jimmy, and to just try and limit him as much as you can. Because if he he's a great player, he's one of the best players in the, in the world, and you, he's going to get his numbers. You can't allow 40, 13, and ten. Uh, from yeah. from Jimmy Butler and like I said, he just flat out willed his team to a, to a, a win tonight. And if you're the Lakers, you just got to do more to stop that uh, because you can't get smaller guys on him. I think you could throw Kuzma on him a little more. You could throw Danny Green on him a little more. Just some bigger guys where he might not uh, be able to bully them to the basket as easily as often. Um, there's going to be times where he still does it, but. I I just don't think you can have KCP guard him. It's we we saw it really from the first game of the, the the season against the Clippers. Whenever we had KCP guarding Kawhi Leonard, it was the same kind of thing. He's just not big enough to to guard those types of guys, and we saw it again today. So, got to make some kind of adjustment. And I think if you're you're the Lakers, I mean, you kind of have to say, hey, we want some of these other guys to make these shots because. Jimmy Butler was a one-man wrecking crew. I mean, I don't know how many. So he had 40 points and 13 assists. I don't know how many points the assists accounted for. I mean, it's a minimum of, what, 26? I'm sure yeah. some of those were, were some threes. So that's a minimum of 66 of, a, of 115 points for Miami were through Jimmy Butler. Can't have that. You got to make some of these other guys beat you. And I know they had a couple other guys in, in double figures, but they didn't do so in an efficient manner. Uh, Jay Crowder was 5 of 12. For 12 points, Duncan Robinson, 4 of 12, 13 points. Hero, 6 of 18, 17 points. Olenek was actually 5 of 9, 3 of 5 from the three-point line with 17 points. So if you're the Lakers, it's tricky because you don't want to leave those shooters wide open. But at the same time, I don't think you can just allow Jimmy Butler to keep going to the basket and just get layups and free throws time and time again. Um, I have a question for you. I'm going to switch it around. Uh, would you bench Dwight? Because uh, I think I think defensively, especially, I think Dwight's been pretty awful this uh, series, and I think the Heat are really going at him. Yeah, it's tough because I thought he was actually pretty good in Game Two. Um, you could, I mean, I think we said all year long this team is at its best with AD at the five. Um, mm-hmm. It's just such a tricky matchup because, like we we're saying, I mean Miami. With with Bam, so with Bam out of the game, what it does allow them to do, and Bam's not a, a, a space killer by any means because he does have kind of that mid range game, and 
you know, can, can space the floor a little bit and in different ways, uh, you can kind of put them at the dunker spot and stuff like that. But, um, with Olenek, I mean, he, Olenek basically just stands at the three point line a lot of the time. And so you're, you're giving up a lot of rim protection. I don't know. I, I, I would say no. I, I still think the Lakers can work with Dwight. Um, cause I like having, I like having two bigs because you could put AD on the perimeter and still theoretically have Dwight back as, as some rim protection. It's just, like I said, it's a matter of knowing who to help off of. And it takes, I think, a lot of discipline for the Lakers to know who to help off defensively to go protect the rim. Because if you leave Hero open or Robinson open or Crowder open, like those are very capable three-point shooters. But at the end of the day, you you got to live with some guy, some other guys, some role players hitting some some shots on the biggest stage over Jimmy Butler just killing you time and time and time again. So I would say no, but I would have him on a short leash. Yeah. Okay. I I I don't have a <laughs> I haven't made up my mind on it yet, but I think I that means I win. I am slightly leaning to to benching Dwight, or at least not starting him, um, just because I think, especially in those pick and roll situations. I think he's getting roasted and he, uh, you know, this has kind of been an issue all year as, as great as he's been. He's not really the, he doesn't have the agility or the quickness that he used to have where he would be able to kind of step up on screens and really um, slow down those drives. There was one play where LeBron got killed on a screen for Jimmy Butler about like 10 feet away from the hoop. And Dwight was the other, the, the big guarding the pick and roll. And he Jimmy was basically about to launch up for a jumper and Dwight didn't even step up. He just went straight to try and get the rebound. He didn't try to contest it at all. And I'm like, those sort of plays I think are really killing the Lakers. Um, And especially early in games, it's really helping Miami get into a rhythm. So I think I'm, you know, I I don't have a strong take on this yet, but I think I am leaning towards putting in somebody like Markeith Morris into the starting lineup to just space the floor offensively as well. Um, but also just let AD be your, your main rim protector and not give um, give Miami sort of a, a mismatch that they can really take advantage of on those pick and rolls. It's a coincidence because I was kind of leaning towards subbing in Jacob for you for this <laughs> podcast. If the Lakers lose game four, I'm not taking any chances. We're, we're going to be subbing in Jacob to uh, make sure we can get this damn thing done because, I mean – the good news for you is if the Lakers do lose the next game, mine and Jacob's predictions automatically wrong because we said Lakers in five, and yours, Lakers in six, would still be on the table. So it's it's really tough. I don't know what to root for. Do I root for my prediction, or do I root for literally having the opportunity to come on this podcast? This one that, is less work. The, the, <laughs> the fact that you have to ask that question means I should really sub in Jacob for the next podcast. <laughs> You have not you have not handled these uh, these questions very well. So, all right, uh, let's dive into our our chat. If you guys have any questions, feel free to drop them in. The chat's been kind of quiet tonight. I think everybody's a little frustrated with the game, just like we are. Uh, so I totally get that. Feel free to vent in the chat as well. Uh, try and keep it uh, PG. There might be kids watching. You never know. Uh, Hani is also a very wholesome individual who <laughs> sweared once already on this podcast, but that he has a one cuss word limit. Uh, per pod, I think so. Uh, yeah, it's written in my contract. It is. <laughs> my contract was written in crayon. But <laughs> let's dive into the chat. Oh, and then another thing with the chat, I don't know for sure. I think I said this on the last one. Uh, so on my dashboard that I kind of use to run this, 
I think you have to, if you're following along on Twitch, you either have to follow us, you have to, if you're commenting on YouTube, if you subscribe to us, or if you follow or like us on Facebook, your comments will pop up into my feed. Uh, for those people that are not subscribed, I think I can see it pop up on the screen, but it doesn't stay up there. Um, so by the time that I get back to this at the end of the end of the show, it won't still be up there. So if you uh, subscribe on YouTube, follow us on Twitch, or you can subscribe on Twitch too, like I said, five bucks a month uh, really supports supports the whole crew at Lakers Outsiders and we really really appreciate it and it kind of uh, nudges us closer to being able to consistently do this more often and bring you guys the content that you want um, be sure to do that and like I said I want everybody's comments to be on there um, unless you're Scott Foster you're not allowed to comment on this <laughs> this live stream so <laughs> um, all right let's dive into this chat we we've had somebody ask a couple times uh, do the Lakers win Game four. Hani did say Lakers in six, so I'm I'm curious to see what you have to say on this. Uh, I'm gonna say yes. To me, the, strong, strong. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was just a strong reminder of the the Nuggets series was what this game was, and I think the Lakers respond in in game four, and I think you see a much more focused effort. I don't think AD gets in foul trouble, and I I I, I think the Lakers bounce back and and go up three one in the series. The only thing that truly concerns me is how great of a coach Eric Spolstra is. And I it, it worries me a little bit that he would be able to come up with a game plan that would frustrate the Lakers and and um and really kind of force them to to not get what they want uh and not be able to stop Miami the way that they haven't been able to the last two games. But at the end of the day, I think you know the talent should win out and i do trust vogel as well in terms of being able to make an adjustment after a game where they for the most part got punked i think there's a lot of things that the lakers can improve on uh from this game and i for the most part believe that they are fixable and i trust them to be able to fix that because they've been able to do that all playoffs long you know when they've had those bad games they've been able to to really bounce back whether it was a win or a loss um so ultimately yeah my prediction is that they will win game four but I, I am at least, you know, on the on the concern meter, it's it's fluctuating a little higher than than I would like it to be. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely mildly concerned. I, I still think the Lakers are in the driver's seat, and they're 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 better. I mean, again, no disrespect to Miami, but considering the circumstances and just everything, the Lakers are the better team in this series, and they just need to go play like it. And tonight they kind of played like it in the sense that they knew that they were better and thought, oh, we can just flip the switch when we need to. And they just, I mean, when they, by the time they did, it was kind of too late. Like Miami had full belief that they were going to be able to, to beat this team, and that's what they did. So I think the Lakers do bounce back in game four, but I, I am you know, mildly concerned for some of the same reasons you said. Swolstra is just a hell of a coach. I think he's basically making every adjustment he can possibly make in, mm -hmm. in this series, and he's – he's doing a great job like we we all kind of expected and this Miami team is is not going to go away I've said this before but the Lakers are going to have to put this team away they are not going to roll over and the Lakers it's almost like with the Nuggets it's kind of like the Nuggets series it felt like the Lakers expected this team to they expected the Nuggets to kind of roll over and be like all right whatever like we're up 2-0 we just hit a game winner on them in game two at the buzzer they're going to be demoralized 
and they got punched in the mouth in game three. And that's kind of what happened in this this game. And they got to wake up and they got to play hard. They got to play better, just have to execute better and play with some intensity, man. It's going to be game four of the NBA Finals. I don't want to see any more loss of focus or anything like that. Lock in and let's let's go get this thing. It's You're two wins away. I also think that it's unlikely, knock on wood, that uh, Anthony Davis will be in foul trouble the way that he was today. And I think if he's not in foul trouble and LeBron plays even a decent LeBron game, that the Lakers should be able to win against this team. Um, I think Jimmy Butler was by far the best player on the court tonight. And I don't think that he is overall a better player than either LeBron or, or Anthony Davis. So I think if those two play to the level that we are used to seeing them play, then the Lakers should be able to win game four and win the series fairly comfortably. Yeah, I think LeBron or AD has to be the best player on the floor. Yeah. If, if they're not, then you're, you might be in a little bit of trouble from that specific game. And Butler was far and away the best player on the floor tonight. And if you're the Lakers... LeBron and AD can't be second and third on the court. They got to be one of them's yeah. got to be in first. And if you get if they're the two best players on the court, then it's it's a wrap. So mm-hmm. just got to be just got to bring bring more. Just got to play like I said, play harder, execute better, and I think they'll be okay. I think they'll be okay. So we'll have to see though, because if Miami gets you know those two guys back with with Bam and Dragic, who knows? It, ch- it could change the series. We we don't know, but. I, as frustrated as I am, I, I'm still, I'm still relaxed. Like I guess I still think the Lakers are in, in really good shape here. So, um, let's see how many threes, open threes did we pass up? Which is crazy to, to say, I did think the Lakers were a little over, uh, over passive tonight. And I think Danny Green had some threes he could have let go. And maybe he's in his head a little bit cause he was 0 of 6 in the game, but the Lakers shot 42 threes in this game, but had a, a number that they probably could have taken that were wide open and they just didn't. I don't know if it's being too unselfish or guys are thinking too much or, or whatever, but if you're, if you're open, you got to shoot it and shoot it with confidence. Especially Danny. I, I, there was one possession where he passed up two open threes and then had to uh, shoot like a floater from the, from behind the arc. Uh, Cause uh, the shot clock was running out. You know, it, it's been a struggle for him these last two games. Um, and obviously we don't really know how much that hip injury is affecting him as well, but you are like it's, you're Danny Green. You have been on this stage shooting lights out from three point land multiple times in your career. Uh, you know, even if they're not going in, I want him to be shooting it because that is the flow of the offense and that's what should be happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, take shots, man. Take them with confidence. Like that's what you're on this team to do. You're, you're, yeah. you're asked to, to hit threes and play defense. So I don't care, Danny Green, if you're 0 of 12. Like if you're open, keep shooting them, shoot the ball with confidence. Like, Especially for a guy that has been in those situations, he's played in you know a seven-game NBA final series against LeBron's Miami Heat team. He's won a couple of championships. Like this moment is not too big for you. Just relax, shoot the ball with confidence, and you'll be fine. So mm-hmm. we did have somebody say, uh, "Is it too early to talk about who we can trade Danny Green for?" Uh, yes, let's finish this series and then let's address any roster concerns in the offseason. That's my take, at least. That is a very good take. I would like to support the gentleman on our uh, team in the finals that I would say is likely to win uh, a championship. What's going <laughs> to piss me off is there's going to be a petition to not give Danny Green a ring if the Lakers <laughs> get two more wins, and it's going to just fully 
send me into full-on insanity. You know what? Let's be more positive about this. Are we giving Troy Daniels a ring? I think Troy Daniels deserves a ring. I don't care. All I know is Dion Waiters is getting a ring no matter what, so he's, he's chilling. <laughs> his, his kids are getting a free basketball camp from Phil Handy, which is like worth probably thousands of dollars, and yeah. he's getting a championship ring. Like Life <laughs> is good. Living a life. Bubble cheese, living his living his best life. I respect. I still I, I still think you should get into a game. Uh, yeah, I, I I would still rather see him out there than Jr. To be to be honest, just just put him in the next game and see if he'll do the same thing Jr. did. Will he also take two dribbles to take a fadeaway in the corner? Jr. <laughs> JR hit that that one three, and then I was like, oh, this is either going to be really good because he's going to be like super confident and hit like three more threes. Or what happened is, is going to happen. And he's going to catch it with a chance to shoot and then dribbles to the corner to shoot a contested fadeaway three. So the, That was the best stretch of the game because it was Solomon Hill hits a three first and then JR hits a three and then JR does the fadeaway thing. <laughs> yeah, it was that was something, man. I, I really had no no thoughts on that other than like, what (laughs) excuse me but uh yeah uh let's see we had somebody say i bet the lakers come out swinging and locking defensively i agree with that i we've seen this in the first three series the lakers lose and then come out much more focused and just play much better on both ends of the floor immediately after the loss and this team has really prided itself on not losing two games in a row this year and I'm pretty sure it's happened at, at certain at certain points, but for the most part, they respond very well after losses. And I don't know, especially with the bullets and poor material that they got. Like Jimmy, I can respect Jimmy talking because he straight up was the best player on the court tonight. Otherworldly, like a great, great NBA Finals performance. But Tyler Hero, <laughs> come on, man. I'll never get over that. There's for as awful as a game as this was for us. There was a lot of great moments, and and I I'm at least appreciative that we got a lot of laughs. <laughs> we did, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I want some some laughs and a win. So, but hey, add it to the montage. So, uh, let's see. Uh, what's up, Chase? Uh, just got off work. Lakers taking Game Four. We aren't worried. Uh, not worried yet. M- mildly concerned for some stuff we talked about earlier with how good Spolstra is at adjusting, and I don't know. You play with fire enough times, eventually you get burnt. So hopefully the Lakers don't get burnt until uh, many years down the road <laughs> doing this when none of these guys are still on the roster and I'm uh, either too old or just no longer uh, living to have a heart attack from. So When you're retired from your full-time job of quarterback in the Philadelphia Eagles. Hey, we got to win tonight. That's all that matters. <laughs> first, first place in the terrible terrible uh division that is the uh what, nfc east yeah yeah anyways stick around for eagles outsiders after the show <laughs> <laughs> uh real ones remember when we were falcons outsiders for, <laughs> for a game i'm pretty sure pretty sure the falcons blowing every single fourth quarter lead that they ever get happened right after we became Falcons outsiders. So we put some kind of hex on on those guys. And if you're a Falcons fan, I really, really apologize. You can blame Hani for that one. So, hey, in our defense, we were getting smoked by the Mavs in a regular season game, and nobody wanted to freaking talk about the Lakers. 
<laughs> it's true. We've come a long way. But, uh, yeah, we've seen just some people in the chat kind of talking. Jimmy had 40, LeBron and AD combined for 40. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just it was kind of one of those games for the Lakers. I, I thought the effort sucked, but even when it wasn't, they still had some – the ball just didn't bounce. Their way. Like, there was a play – where I think it was in the fourth quarter, where the Lakers, I think it was Kuzma that shot a three, and there's two Laker players underneath the basket ready for a rebound, and one player, Olenek, and the ball bounced right to Olenek. <laughs> it's just like, sometimes that's just that's how it is. <laughs> Not a lot you can yeah. you can do, but they can, uh, they can play a hell of a lot better. So, all right, that's, uh, that's it. Hani, you got anything else before we sign off? Um... No, other than Lakers in five. Um, looking forward to eating a Popeye's chicken sandwich on Thursday to celebrate uh, a championship. Is it Lakers in five or is it Lakers in six? Lakers in five and a half. Okay, you're disqualified from this contest, <laughs> which means I automatically win because Jacob wasn't around long enough. So I'm going to lose anyway. I've lost every series. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we uh honey if you bench howard who do you want to see start you said markeith right yeah i think i would pick markeith yeah he just makes the most sense fit wise i would say i would put me <laughs> in to be honest because I, I just want a free championship ring they they love throwing those uh 94 94 feet uh passes and you got the best arm in the nfc east i've heard so it's it hasn't looked great this year but we'll <laughs> talk about that on eagles outsiders so we are going to get out of here. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, like I said, we, we live stream these after every game. We got at least two more now. Uh, hopefully that's it. <laughs> but uh, we got two more uh, here in the playoffs. We'll be live on twitch.tv slash Lakers Outsiders. You can follow us there. And you can also subscribe to us there. I know I'm going to plug the crap out of this, but it really does go a long way for us to consistently be able to focus on uh, bringing you guys more consistent content and all the content that you guys want. Uh, we got a lot of really hard workers on this staff that are basically doing it in their free time. So uh, yeah. if you want to support the, the site and, and like I said, give, give these guys an opportunity to bring content to you guys more consistently. Um, just all it is subscribe to, to us on Twitch, five bucks a month, and we would greatly, greatly appreciate it. But if not, you can also follow us there. You can subscribe to us on YouTube and you can like or follow us on Facebook as well. You can follow Hani on Twitter, just at H-O-N-I-A-H-M. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Gary Kesser, or you can, uh, I'm probably going to go hop on and take some aggression out on some, some video games <laughs> here in a little bit. So you can follow me over on twitch.tv slash swishgk. Uh, all right. Thanks again, guys. Uh, but until Tuesday. Yes. Uh, yeah. Until Tuesday after game four, hopefully we're talking about a win and much, much happier thoughts. So until then, though, thanks again, guys. But with Hani Amadian, this is Gary Kester and the Lakers Outsiders signing off. Shout out Jason Capono.